Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. And this particular episode of the Force Center podcast feed is the Clone Wars Report. I love it. I love it. We get to hear some different music every episode of the Clone Wars Report. And that one was great. That it was like something startling happened in like an old Alfred Hitchcock Presents television show. (laughs) Absolutely beautiful. Gothic horror, maybe. 
some pipes, also some pipes, an organ pipe in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I think once we finish reviewing all of the Clone Wars episodes, uh, I think maybe we should just do an episode that's just you, you music, doing music the whole time. <laughs> the entirely musical episode of the Clone Wars Report. That's the end of Force Center, everybody. <laughs> it yeah. was a good run. Anyway, I'm Joseph Scrimshaw, and this is Ken Knapsack on the music and the thoughts. I'm on the ones and the twos and the threes from here. <laughs> Just leaving the fours. I'll try to pick up those fours. Uh, we are very excited, as always, to be talking about the Clone Wars animated series. We are talking about every episode or arc going through chronologically. And there's this great arc that we have been talking about the individual episodes. It's the three episode Newt Gunray arc, but each episode is entirely different, uh, just tied to the uh, the capture, the escape, and then the trap of Newt Gunray. This episode is Layer of Grievous. It is season one, episode 10, written by Henry Gilroy, one of the uh, main writers of the Clone Wars. And Ken, here is the summary. Following the stolen Republic ship Newt Gunray escaped in, Jedi Master Kit Fisto is reunited with his recently promoted Padawan Mon Calamari Jedi Knight Nadar Veb. Gunray is gone, but he's led them into a trap inside the lair of the vile General Grievous. But wait, there's a twist. Motivated by Grievous's multiple failures, Dooku shuts down Grievous's guard and lures him into confrontation with the Jedi. Action, horror, droid comedy, and meditations on the nature of power ensue. Nice. Nice. Yes. Nice. Good. This is, this is a great episode. It's a great episode. I'm very happy uh, to dive into it. So let's start there. Let's just start with our overall uh, reaction. Did you like this episode? Did you love it? Did you struggle with it? Where are you at? Loved it. I, look, this this Clone Wars chronological rewatch has been one of the most rewarding things for me as a Star Wars fan. It really has. And uh, overall, my whole Star Wars life. But this is a series that I already loved. This is a series that already was in my heart. But in that in that in that mid '90s Star Wars tradition, I'm seeing it again for the first time. But also going back to like, oh yeah, I love Lara Great Grievous, and then going, oh man, yeah, it's there's some big stuff, big themes right in front of my face, and I missed not didn't miss it, but this this is not an example of missing it. But going, oh yeah, I forgot that this was here and that these lessons were here, and and I, and I love what they do. And and, and weird side story, I. I I met Henry Gilroy once at a party and this isn't a name drop because I'm an idiot. Uh, this isn't a brag. This is a, I was in a conversation with my friend Jen's party and then halfway through, Oh, have you met my friend Henry Gilroy? And I turn around, I'm just like, I don't believe in He's such a nice guy. And we both were a couple drinks in the sauce. And these are the type of episodes when his name's on it. This is the layers he, he I think he's really good at bringing and same with rebels too. So shout out to Henry Gilroy for just uh, this is this is big time Star Wars stuff here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right there with you on just the process of enjoying the Clone Wars. It was one of the best times in my life as a Star Wars fan when I it was on Netflix and I had seen an episode or two. And then I just binged the hell out of it so fast, enjoyed it so much. I've gone back to revisit specific episodes but I'm loving going back and just watching the growth of it and attaching all the big uh, themes of Star Wars and the Skywalker saga and seeing how much is just put on the table. Like episodes like this, like we we discuss like what is what's really good Jedi philosophy? How should a Jedi really conduct themselves? And like it's in Lair Grievous. Kit Fisto smiled and winked and told us it's right here. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No if, answer buts. This is 
I I I put it I put it down a, a a note here. This episode just it's pretty plain. This is the base level Star Wars theme here. This power and greed, yeah, and it's yeah. dark This is here. It's it. Yeah, yeah. It's in it's really you know it goes to uh, examining the Jedi in the Clone Wars, but it also just goes to like, their philosophy, good or bad, about power. But it, like it, it kind of sort of philosophical stuff that we turn around. Uh, as fans and discuss and and it's so powerful again and again to see you know it's text and you can agree with it or disagree with it and read it how you want but but for my two cents you know it, it's flowing from lucas he's still involved uh Filoni and henry gilroy and a bunch of great people are are adding to it but the clone wars is just like the clone wars is kind of a master class and like no this is this is the lucas philosophy of star wars and it's so great to see that while also getting all of the fun and the action so I would definitely put this episode for me as a as a love it. I think the double trap is really cool. This idea that the Jedi have been lured there, but also Grievous has been had the Jedi sprung on him, and Duke is just like figure it out, both of you, you know, because I, I got an axe grind with both of you. Well, uh, yeah, that was sorry, th- sorry, uh, cut you off. That, that was a little bit of the detail that over time I just had forgot that they why they were there. I was like, oh yeah, they they went to Grievous's that, the house. That's right. <laughs> And then and to have that kind of re-revelation of like, oh, it, it, this was just as much as Grievous is uh, being trapped as well. Like, oh, that's right. Love that little detail. Yeah, it works really well. It's surprisingly elegant uh, in, in this episode that feels like it runs really smoothly, that it's a double trap and it works super well. Um, also, just big picture, absolutely love the horror mood. Uh, I think that's the thing that probably sticks with people when they think of this episode. It looks like some combination of aliens, uh, Resident Evil, uh, Bioshock, right? It just, it's shadowy and uh, horrifying and and really, it makes you feel the life that Grievous is leading. And, you know, you feel the terror of being stuck in the lair of the monster, right? Yeah, and I was and uh, in, in doing some of those, uh, you know, Clone Wars episode guides, and you know, you and I kind of will click on some of those articles to get a little more backstory. Uh, there was some stuff from the director Atushushi uh, Taku Uchi. Gosh, I messed it up, and I'm horrible. Um, making some of those, those the gothic horror choices in how the characters and the, and the plots and the looks and the feel, and and, and I'm gonna shout them out. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm great that you uh, read those uh, those details. Yeah, because it's another great thing about all of Clone Wars is Lucas uh, is so inspired by all sorts of different entertainment from the 20th century as well of sort of Campbell myths. And he, he gets to pull in so many details and like, I never had room in, you know, one of the big uh, Skywalker Saga movies for this. But in Clone Wars, I can go all in on this kind of specific gothic horror uh, mm-hmm. And everybody around uh, him who's who's helping to create it, you know, absolutely gets to play in those genres. Uh, I also really like this episode for even the slight bit of insight uh, to who Grievous is. Uh, mm. We get a little bit more insight into Grievous and all oh, while well, he's, uh, you know, fighting two cool Jedi and, and we're learning lessons. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot there uh, for me on, on the Grievous stuff. Yeah. Love yeah. That. Yeah. That. Okay, so let's uh, get into the episode itself now that we've established that we both love it. Uh, let's talk about the moral of the episode. The moral is, most powerful is he who controls his own power. What was your gut reaction uh, when you saw that? What did that mean to you? 
uh, <laughs> funny note, I, I, the first, I usually watch one twice, right? Uh, episodes. The first, I watched last week and I, I missed the moral and I went, I- I'll write that down the next time I watch it. Somehow I auto started on the next episode and the moral's a lot different than the episode. And I was confused and I actually <laughs> wrote it down. And was like, what did I miss? Nope. You got the right one. The most powerful is he who controls his own power. To me, this is, um, uh, it speaks to this being another modern myth story. This episode by itself uh, comments on what true strength is. Uh, the line that Master Nadar says, you know, uh, they're in war and strength prevails. The rules have changed. And and that's that's a wrong way to look at what's going on. But it's an understandable from a certain point of view, you know, to, to get into the weeds of that conversation of, yeah, this is also probably what was bad about the Jedi going to war or being part of it. Uh, and then Kid Fist was saying that power will only consume you. It's just so simple. I, I, I can't dig any deeper into this moral is exactly what it says it is. It is a lesson in what you feel true strength is. Yeah, I think that's great. And when it first came on, I was like, ooh, great. Most powerful is he who controls his own power. Uh, you know, paused and wrote it down and before I watched the rest of the episode and was really fascinated with the way that that could be taken, you know, some different ways, you know, most powerful is he who controls his own power could be like, Hey, you're trying not to eat all that frozen pizza. <laughs> One go. Can you, can you control yourself? Right. Or it can be about most powerful is he who controls his own power could be a suggestion of you are most powerful when you are your own master. And when you are making your choices and you're not being, you know, made to be a pawn of somebody else. And it's just another thing that Kit Fisto says is like, you, you're not a proud warrior anymore, General Grievous. You're just a pawn of Dooku. Oh, yeah. So there's that element there. But I, I'm in agreement with you. This is about the nature of power. I think that's what this moral is absolutely about because I think that's what the episode is ultimately about. And, and I love what you said about uh, Nadar Veb of like, yeah, if we're in the fight, shouldn't we just use our power to end the fight as quickly and decisively as possible? That's We got to evolve. Uh, that's a, a, a tempting, uh, an understandable perspective, but I like that what everything Kit Fisto does in this episode is just so this is the path for a Jedi. And, and the big idea that comes across to me is that the goal of power is to use it as a tool when necessary. Power should never be the goal in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I was ultimately really struck by of Kit Fisto saying, uh, I'm a Jedi and I know I have great power and therefore I know I have a responsibility to use it. But in every moment, every situation, I'm going to try to use it responsibly and I'm not going to fall in love with it. It's just a tool I have. Another tool I have is smiling or take <laughs> taking a step back and taking a second look. Those are all tools. My great power is one of my tools. And Grievous you're just, Grievous is already consumed by his power. He, he, we see him living a miserable, painful life because he's just given himself over to having power is the end goal rather than a tool. Yeah, and I think on the Jedi side, because when you say power, a lot of that is also just not position in, in life and authority or whatever, but just like their skills to me are the part of their, their power. This is why I'm just talking about the Jedi. And that in and of itself isn't the bad thing. This isn't a, a having some kind of position of power is, is, is bad by itself to me. It's that's like you said, not the end goal and what you do with it is so important. And that's just keeping in line. I don't know. Yeah. Keeping in line with, with not just the star Wars theme, but just uh, what Lucas, we always go what Lucas was trying to say during, uh, during the time in which the original trilogy came out, 
is is it's all wrapped up into that. Yeah, yeah, and lots of discussions, you know, about balance the force, and you know what what is it, and you know, there's a video that uh, was going around uh, a little while ago, and I'm sure we'll go around again of Lucas being really quite clear about it. Of you know, the Sith are are greed, and they always want more power, and the Jedi just want to uh, hold them back. And just let the kind of the galaxy roll on and, and Kit Fisto, you know, the, the balance is that light and dark naturally exist, right? Uh, and, and Kit Fisto is just being such a great example of that just in this fun episode of like, I don't want more power. I don't get a thrill from using my power. I will use it when I feel it is right and when I'm called to. But other than that, I mean, he's got that same Obi-Wan Kenobi vibe of like, they would be happy to just like meditate, watch a sport maybe talk philosophy at Dexter's diner and, but Grievous needs this, right? It, it, it's not even about a, him being a force user, but he, he needs to conquer it. He needs power. That's what he is, you know? Yeah. And, and I love that contrast because it gets down to just like really fundamental. This is that, that view of what the light and the dark side are. Yeah. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So let's, uh, so obviously the, the nature of power is uh, the big picture theme that I think we both uh, gravitated toward. But what other ideas or what other shades of dealing with power uh, did you think were at stake in this episode? Um, I think, uh, you know, are you willing to sacrifice your core self for the gain of power uh, the, the, in the pursuit of vengeance and revenge? And how far will you go before you can't go back? And uh, you see to be examples of Grievous is long gone, but uh, Nadar has, has, um, there's some, there's some signposts along the way. Yeah. You, you don't, you don't feel the water boiling is, is one of the ones that I, it came up to. And, and in the beginning, there's that, that sequence. It's similar. It's similar. Hear me out here. It's similar to why I love a lot of the things in last Jedi, but particularly the opening sequence of Star Wars movie, bad guy spaceships, good guy spaceships, go destroy bad guy spaceship. Yay, yay, yay. And we love that. And the sequence works on that level, but then you go deep into what the lessons of this particular battle are, are supposed to teach us. One of the opening sequences is Nadar kicking ass, video game style. Yeah. Jumping around and bang, 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 and cutting droids, and there's some fun moments. And for Fisto to just be like, so uh, I guess it's been a while there. I, did, I, I didn't teach you restraint, kid. <laughs> yeah, that unnecessary force push on the droid's yeah. head once it's already down. <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't really like, stop it, stop it. He's already dead moment for uh, Adar Veb and for Fisto yeah. to call him out on that. And Fisto says those who have power should restrain themselves from using it. And, and so I, I don't know, man. I, the, 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 I just uh, the, the amount of, of times I think we as fans and I will do it too occasionally of the, the amount of times you stop it going, yeah, Nadar's kicking ass. And then you don't listen to the rest of the scene. <laughs> it happens yeah. a lot. Yeah. There wasn't Ryan Johnson coming along in 2017 presenting this thing. This was, has always been there. Yeah. And I think that that distinction of when do you absolutely need to fight? Um, like Luke destroying the Death Star, it's it the the Death Star is going to bring the entire galaxy to its knees in constant tyranny, and it is gonna it's already destroyed Aldron. It's gonna destroy uh, Yavin, uh, you know the, the base in the moon, uh, and yeah, it's it's it is still a tragedy, but it's one of those moments of like, yeah, but you gotta, 
And I think mm-hmm. there's so much in Star Wars, and that's what's at work in The Last Jedi, of like, Poe thinks that's that moment. And Leia's saying, it's not. There'll come a time, you know, mm-hmm. it's awful sometimes that we have to do things we don't want to do, and there'll come a time where we have to, but this time ain't it. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's what's going on a little bit with uh, with Fisto and Nadar, Veb mm-hmm. as well. Because like Fisto will do what he has to do when the time is right. And he's, you know, telling Nadar, you seem kind of consumed by the power that you that you feel like you've been held back and you've been trained to use your power to stop bad things. And the war is a bad thing. And every fight is the fight. And he he gets killed for it. Yep. Yep. No, because Fisto later on uh, with, with the with um, EVA4D uh, does a, a real cool head chop and chair chop and move. Right. <laughs> and it, yep. it, you could say, well, it's the same thing as the stuff Nadar was doing. And, and on the surface it is, but it's the right time. Like you said, great point of this ain't it. This ain't it, pal. Leia to Poe and, and Last Jedi. But also Fisto knowing and feeling and sensing what is consuming Nadar, what is working below um, in his heart. Uh, or hearts, I don't know, maybe Mon Calamari have too. Um, yeah, that's the difference. That's the lesson. And yeah. Up on the surface and go, well, you know, the Death Star, there was innocent stormtroopers on it. Yeah, 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 maybe. Maybe there were some con- contractors, Kevin Smith, totally. And I can have those fun robot chicken discussions, but that was the time. Yeah. And Luke wasn't consumed by it then. Yeah. Uh, still, yeah. We, still learning, to be clear. Still learning. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think all that, I think Star Wars allows for those discussions of, you know, when, when to really use your power and when not to. But I, I really like that this episode was so clear that uh, there wasn't a robot chicken <laughs> ambiguity <laughs> in Nadar Veb. Uh, you, you were really saying what I think was this, the theme that really grabbed me that I was thinking of under the umbrella of the cost of power mm-hmm. of, Okay, everything that Fisto says is wise. Oh, power will consume you, you know, restraint. Those all sound wise, but why? Why? And mm-hmm. the episode shows us, well, here's why. Because what happens with Nadar Veb, it isn't this sort of amorphous, well, you're getting attached. Uh, that's going to lead to fear of loss. That's going to lead to this. Like, that. that's an important story. But in its Anakin story and other characters' story. But for Nadar Veb, it's just like, you feel this push to use your power right now and instead of going into the control room with your master Mm -hmm. and playing it smart you need to use your power right now you need to take grievous down now and just that blind need to not defend but need to attack which Mm -hmm. is not the jedi way gets him killed because he's he's told he's not ready but you know, this lust for power uh, or desire to absolutely use the power right now costs him his life. And then I think we get that real clear picture of not only are we just in the moody layer of Grievous, which doesn't look like the most like a warm and fun place to live. Uh, We get the classic sort of, you know, kind of a organic versus mechanic when we see the sort of a, the lack of humanity to see like the scary masks uh, with no motion in them and just all the, you know, spare body parts hanging around. But then we got our comedy droid there, EVA4D, just mocking Grievous, saying like, you know, well, you know, I'm not sure why you wanted to submit to this. And Grievous saying like, I didn't submit. I chose, you know? So you're saying, he's saying, I, uh, he thinks he's in control. He thinks he chose more power. 
contrast that with uh, Fisto saying you're actually just Dooku's pawn, but even more contrast that in terms of cost of power, like what comes next between EVA4D is kind of a joke, kind of horrible of EVA4D saying like there may be some discomfort and Grievous just screaming, right? Of just like mm-hmm. it makes you feel what did what did Grievous give up to get what he thinks he has? Mm. I wish you didn't submit to the changes. Yeah. I submit to no one. It's, 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 yeah. It's, it's, uh, the story of Grievous is, is, uh, we'll get into it a little bit, I'm sure. But like, yeah, uh, I love, I love to hear more, oh, more of that. Uh, cause often Grievous is, you know, hey, he's, he's what Vader becomes, right? It's a, it, it's a lesson for, for Anakin, uh, if he's paying attention. And yes, 100% true. But I think Grievous is, can teach us a lot as well. Yeah, and I really like that Fisto says you're no longer a proud warrior. So Fisto is even allowing for the that notion that there is a time and a place and there is, you know, there is honor in being, uh, in using your power when you need to. But that's not what you're doing anymore. You just, you turned yourself into, you've been consumed by it and you turned yourself into this miserable creature. And, and I really like that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. No, no, yeah, uh, uh, some other themes that emerged for me too but i, I want to make sure we're, we're finished on that uh oh no yeah we've we've talked about cost of power uh, plenty so how about you uh, dive in with the next theme i figure it might come back too uh <laughs> no, you know it's so funny you and i always laugh i always seem to uh, go at the uh what kind of coaches lessons are in these episodes i, I, I don't do it intentionally just there uh but this is another comment on teaching to- coaching and mentoring it's just so simple fisto is teaching nadar hard lessons that don't stick but look at the way he's doing it. Look at the language and the way he goes around, uh, approach it. Uh, there is a eh, softness maybe, but uh, there is a, a quiet truth, a quiet strength to what he's saying. Uh, Duku, on the other hand, <laughs> just like, hey, uh, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to trap you. You might die. I'm threatening you, and you will submit to this. And it's just uh, the simple uh, philosophies of how you go about mentoring people. It's very yeah. Cool. No, I'm so glad you brought that up. I think be- because of the nature of Star Wars storytelling, maybe it's because there's the moral at the beginning. We're, maybe it's because Ahsoka is a main character and that's one of the main through lines of, you know, uh, can Anakin both uh, train her and learn to let go of her? Uh, that there's so much about mentorship. I-, I felt like that popped up with the contrast between Ahsoka and Asajj last episode. And then here again, right away, the whole episode is about Fisto being like, Oh no, my my former Padawan's really strayed from the path. Can I? Is there any way I can talk to him and and help him out? Yeah. <laughs> and Duke was like, "You screwed up, so I let murderers into your house." Yes, <laughs> it's such a yeah. brutal contrast of like that's that's what the dark side gets you. Yeah. Uh, for me, the other theme that I thought was really interesting is just Jedi death. The idea of uh, Jedi dying was brought up from lots of different perspectives. Uh, we get that clarity that one of Sidious's goals, according to Dooku, is he wants more dead Jedi. And Grievous is frustrated that he needs more than battle droids. And Grievous has screwed up a lot. He's lost a, a lot of ships. He's lost the malevolence, a big ship, big weapon. Um, but that was really interesting to hear early on that that's, we talk about the Clone Wars as a way to sort of morally break the Jedi and to lure them into the trap of the clones are going to turn on them. But I love that also, like, Sidious, you know, and Darth Tyrannus have, a, like, a big calendar in their secret meeting place, and they say, like, by this month of the war, we need 25 dead Jedi. We only yeah. got 16. 
dead Jedi. Come on. Just the brutal straightforward. This is a war to kill Jedi, too, to just thin their numbers. Yeah, you get a, you get a pay bonus if you take one out. Come on, Grievous. It's like a sales at a gap. <laughs> yeah. And then we see his uh, trophies from Slaughtered Jedi, which uh, fuels uh, Nadar's tipping towards uh, revenge and yep. uh, using his power to stop Grievous now. Uh, and then all that's contrasted with how much work the Jedi, Fisto in particular, uh, is putting into not killing Grievous, right? That they're still really approaching this war from like, well, of course Grievous needs to be stopped. But, you know, Fisto even says like, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but the Senate might go easy on you. And even though uh, Pornarveb really clearly wants to destroy him, says that don't make me destroy you, uh, classic Star Wars line. So like they're trying to take him alive, which is this contrast to just like hey remember the goal is to just slaughter as many as possible in fact i brought them in here so uh they can to kill or be killed game for you uh here's some trophies like it, it's such a great contrast uh yeah uh, yeah uh, well said four center well said four center well said yeah yeah and uh the yeah the, the battle droids comment on on their killing Jedi track record as well. So it just really pings and yeah. brings it up. Any other uh, themes uh, for this episode? I just, uh, uh, well, no, I've decided I'll move it into another section. This is what I want to bring it up, but uh, it, it is the, a power thing, but I think it's also a big connection. So we'll, we'll talk about it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about how any of the themes from this uh, episode reflect uh, much larger ideas in Star Wars. I guess we, we've already been doing that with power, but is there anything else there where you feel like, Ooh, this individual episode really connects this big picture idea. I like. Okay, then I, I will now. I will submit my evidence to court. Uh, no, do. I love. I love the very ending. I love Yoda uh, sitting there on his little uh, Yoda chair uh, to answer power with power. The Jedi way. This is not in this war. Danger there is of losing who we are. So obviously, you hear that and you go, yeah, yeah. That's talking about a lot of stuff he, he mentions in Sith and, and Attack Clones and, and kind of part of the big theme and over. Arching kind of arc uh, in, in the Clone Wars, right? We get it. But I, I, to me, I, I, I was in a at a, at a type of uh, mood watching this, good mood, where it's like I think Yoda says this after watching the Last Jedi, uh, <laughs> backing up some of the stuff Luke felt, the Luke, you know, the lessons of inaction, everything, but but also to what Luke did, and and and, his, and the situation on Crate, to me, flows out of this situation. And to answer power with power is what, not her necessarily her idea. She is sent there to get Luke and, and, and the myth and everything, but handing that saber and all of us wanting to have Luke ignite that lightsaber and run into the fight. And I am one of those people too. Was like, yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it. Get him in, get him in, get him in. This is t- to me an answer to that. That 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 is power with power. This is not the Jedi way. And you've got to figure out the right way to do it. Luke's got to figure out the right way to do it. And there's bigger things with myths and legends and what we do and own personal journeys, obviously. But I heard this and I connected it to that. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I think that this is some great Jedi philosophy throughout. Uh, you know, I was making some notes and then while the episode was playing, and it's like, oh, uh, Yoda, Yoda just said the thing I was going to make a note about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, be- which which I mean in like a great way of how much I love this episode because it was so tying to these ideas. And I, you know, it'd been long enough since I watched this episode that Yoda expresses it so clearly, uh, which is uh, so great. Um, I like that from the really specific Grievous perspective as well of this. It never works to go after Grievous aggressively. Uh, and, you know, Nadar Veb 
absolutely learns that, uh, that you can't fight Grievous by answering power with power. And I think it is in the Revenge of the Sith novelization, and it's been in my head canon for a long time, that uh, it, it is in the Revenge of the Sith novelization that why Kenobi gets sent after General Grievous is because, you know, he's fought him a bunch of times, and Kenobi is the best, you know, his style, I think it's Russo is defensive, right? That he's the best at defending. Mm. And I just love that picture of there's this big philosophical issues with you don't answer power with power. That's not the Jedi way. But that idea of being defensive rather than aggressive, especially with somebody like Grievous, who can only see things from an offensive attack perspective. And, you know, just in the movie, Obi-Wan's not really going after him. You know, he's not going for kill shots. He's trying to whittle down his arms and wear him out knowing that he's going to run. And it feels like in the, when you watch the mo- movie, Kenobi's finally on top of the Grievous fight because, like, I'm not trying to go for the, the kill. I'm trying to slowly, defensively wear you down and not let you run away. And that's just like so opposite of what poor young Nadar Veb is doing. It's like, I'm going to take you down now, you know, and match you power for power. I'm strong. Feel my power. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's that specific grievous connection to what you're talking about. And then for me, the other larger uh, idea is general defensive fighting, you know, using the, the force for knowledge and defense. But just, uh, man, Master Fisto's master class in general Jedi philosophy, uh, not only in the, the great words that he says, the great lessons that he tries to impart, but just by watching his actions in this episode. Uh, I love that it, it starts out with him. You know, I, we always make the joke of him being the, the smiley Jedi because that shot and attack the clones. He does the force push and the big smile and it's fun. But then this episode goes deeper and like, hey, remember that we're defending the light side because it's good. It's good to laugh and smile and have fun and be loving and have friends and that he chuckles lightly with his droid and he winks at Ahsoka and he's just like, hey, even though we're in a war, let's try to have a good time. <laughs> let's try to have a positive attitude. So we get that right away. And then he's, instead of, you know, just rushing in and blowing things up, He's looking for hidden buttons. He's got that great line of like, uh, you know, I think sometimes just taking uh, a, a second and taking a second look is great. And when he hears Grievous is coming, he wants to make a plan. When they're being attacked by Gore, he very strategically goes for the eyes. He's very thoughtful in all of his fighting. Uh, when he realizes the danger that they're in, he doesn't go rushing at it. He literally goes to the control room. Like just, it's barely a metaphor. of Like, yeah, yeah. Instead of fighting, Instead of running at the trouble, I'm going to hide and then I'm going to calmly go to the room where I have control. <laughs> Take a deep breath and uh, push uh, push some buttons. And that final fight where he has with Grievous where he's he's just defending, right? He's just trying to wait until R6 gets the ship there. And he's he realizes now is not the time. I'm just going to defend until uh, it's a better time to fight. And I love that fight, the way he's... Uh, using the fog and just living to fight another day. So overall with Kit Fisto, you get this picture of this kind, thoughtful, engaged master who uses uh, defense and uh, his intellect to fight as much as he uses his ability to just push somebody across the room with the force. I want him on my team and I want him 
on my bar crawl. <laughs> absolutely. Fisto would absolutely pick up a few rounds, wouldn't he? Oh, 100%. Hundred <laughs> percent. We might and on, over, wake up late in the morning. Ah, we'll be good to fight. Come on, let's go. Another yeah. round. Another round. <laughs> Another round. He says and gives you a wink. Uh, any other thoughts before we head to our break? No, I'm gonna go drink with Kid Fist. I believe. All right, we're gonna take a quick drinking break, and then we'll be back to talk about some of the fun details in this great episode of the Clone Wars. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. 
Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at Jennifer Landa and on TikTok as Jennifer Landa 1138. Hey, Force Center fans, don't forget Force Center is on YouTube. Head over there to catch up with our new show, Star Wars Show and Tell. Joseph, Jennifer, Ken, and special guests sit down and share favorite items from their own Star Wars memorabilia collections. Plus, there's the In Memoriam video series. Encore presentations of Databank Brawl and special programming all there for you and more shows on the way. It's Force Center on YouTube. Check it out. back inside the lair of Grievous. Can you imagine actually trying to record a podcast inside the creepy lair of Grievous? Would that be fun or terrifying, Ken? It would be like the horrible echo in the old Collider studio they couldn't get rid of because we <laughs> were in a warehouse with no good soundproof and they're just like and all, and all the comments. Sounds like an echo. We know. We're in Grievous's lair. <laughs> Slightly more brightly lit. If Grievous had a lair in Burbank, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I would love Grievous to say, I'm going to Wood Ranch. <laughs> <laughs> he has to have that coffee. A little bit of cheeseburger went down the wrong pipe, right? <laughs> um, all right, let's get into some of the details that we loved about Lair of Grievous. We always talk about the action moments. Clone Wars is packed with action. Did you have a favorite action moment in this episode, Ken? I, uh, yeah, I, so I put down three. Uh, it's interesting because there's, there's some good action, but I think I was so just engaged by the themes of this episode that I was just kind of like, yeah, 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 yeah. Give me a good line, which is, <laughs> great, which is great. But here's what I did. Like um, the reveal of Grievous's arms, the split arms. I'm always kind of subconsciously tracking that because it had obviously is played for as a surprise in Sith. It is like, ha 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 to me. At least the way I've, I've interpreted over the years of like, ha ha, I've got four arms. <laughs> and I enjoy that. And, and there's some times and there's a reveal in this episode. So Fisto has the knowledge, doesn't maybe, maybe doesn't share it, or maybe Kenobi's aware and he's just playing it. Uh, because there's a lot of fights where Grievous is not, he's, ju he's just two hands, uh, uh, Grievous. And uh, I, so, so I'm always oddly focused on that, the Grievous Arms scorecard. And I just like the reveal in this episode. Well, this is one of my favorite things about doing this podcast is, uh, is tracking different things in the Clone Wars. I got some stuff that I've been tracking. I got some stuff that I'm eager to track. I want to see the first time that we see uh, Kenobi on the Jedi Council. And I love that you have got us on a Grievous arm count of who knew Grievous had four arms and when did they know it? <laughs> I want to know. Fisto, <laughs> did, why'd you not share this information? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I'm still I'm I'm I will continue to love that. I think Kenobi is probably aware that he has four arms. Is very well aware that he was trained in the Jedi arts by Count Dooku, and it it feels right for Grievous's character to just say it again to Kenobi. Yeah. Like, like obviously I know the movie was made first, and there's the real world explanation. But going into the headcanon, it's really fun. <laughs> just be I, like, yeah, I know, 
I know, dude. Yeah, and I think I think I identify with Grievous in that because I'm one of those. Uh, I just I just I'm a storyteller, not a good one, but a storyteller. And so I always forget who I tell the stories to, and I'll be like, "Well, let me tell you about this one time that I got in a wrestling." And uh, yeah, I know I've heard that. Oh yeah, yeah, I did tell you. I'm that I'm that idiot. So for, to have Grievous, I, I I I need a lot of Kenobis in my life. Yeah, I just like it that that's a part of his like standard Jedi intimidation speech, and like yeah. you know you've used that on Kenobi. A few times before, I got I got so I got in trouble with my old landlord fifteen years ago. We were having we didn't have sprinklers, and so it was up to us to water the grass. And so the first time I was like, I know he's like, hey, you got to really water the grass. I said, I know we're gonna my roommates and I are gonna create a contest. We're gonna go in the backyard and see who can water it the most and have our sections. He's like, that sounds great. Like three months later, he's like, I drove by the water. It's bad. I go, I know. Yeah. So my roommates and I came up with a contest. He goes, yeah, I guess you didn't win. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I told you that one before, huh? Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, getting back to this episode, uh, did you have any other uh, favorite uh, action moments? You said you wrote down a couple. Yeah. Yeah. Just like uh, R6 flying to safety. I was a little worried about them. You know, droids can, uh, droids have some interesting fates on the, on the Republic side in, in the Clone Wars. And so I was happy to see R6 fly to safety. Uh, and I liked, uh, I mentioned it earlier, but I did like Kit slicing EVA4D. I actually kind of like EVA4D, uh, David Accord doing a Paul Lind impersonation. <laughs> and, uh, I like it, but I just that, oh, where's that Jedi? Bunk, and it just, I, I liked it. It was satisfying to me. It was, it was very satisfying. I love the just like, I know where the head is through the chair. I'll just cut this big chair apart in the big diagonal. Because, uh, yeah, I was expecting... There's been a lot of shots already in the Clone Wars of the uh, saber coming through the back of the chair to spear somebody, right? Yeah. And I liked that Fisto had a, a different style. That was great. Yeah, uh, yeah and I, I really liked uh, Fisto's care of R6, too, of like really uh, trying to get him out of there. And then uh, that R6 uh, managed to flip the Magna Guard off and survive and uh, not flip him off <laughs> in the colloquial <laughs> way. But <laughs> I would love that. Throw him off the ship. That's more R2 style. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure R2 has that appendage. Uh, and, and I think BB-8 is giving the thumbs up. I know other people have different thoughts, but we'll come around to that. Anyway, not this episode. Some of the, my favorite action moments. Uh, yeah, the action was so, it was so just uh, um, absolutely blended into the episode well that, it, that mm -hmm. it was, it felt like all of it's just, it's not just like here's an action moment. Now here's a dialogue moment. Now here's a lesson moment. It all felt uh, so connected and blended together. Uh, but a couple of favorite moments. I love when uh, I love that whole assault on Grievous when he first gets in and the cords and the slicing his legs off. It's all visceral and scary, but I love it when he picks up a clone and just hits Kit Fisto with the clone. Yeah, mm, he yeah. punches him in the face with the entire clone body. Like that is that is power. I can see how you get consumed by that. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, this isn't an action moment, but it's more like a, a mood moment, and it's a force power, and it is a great visual and it kind of establishes Nadar Veb when Fisto arrives, they have some nice chatting time and he's like, well, let's figure out what's going on. And Nadar just uh, reaches up and wipes the wind away with the force and you see the big layer. It's like, yeah. it's such a great reveal. And there's also like, I wouldn't normally think moving the fog around with the force would feel violent, but there's something about it where like, there's a total lack of patience of just like, we don't need to go through the fog and find our way. I just ripped the fog apart. There's the problem. And it's just, no, you're, you're 100% right. But that's that. And that's what I love about this stuff. Watch it with that third side as if you're a Chiss ascendancy Skywalker. 
Yes, that's exactly what's there, right? Like, oh, I, I watch this cool trick. Uh, it's like, yeah, that is cool. Did you need to do that? I don't know. <laughs> it's fair, just a fair question. Maybe you did, but I, I'd love to have the debate. Yeah, and the sound is even kind of surprisingly violent for moving mist away with the force. And it just mm-hmm. it, it really affected me in such a great shot. Love it. Um, and the, uh, that whole final lightsaber fight, you know, it, it flows so organically out of the philosophy uh, that uh fisto is sharing in the aggression of grievous and you know the stakes for grievous of he needs to uh kill these jedi to stay to keep his power uh to, to remain dooku's pawn uh and cling to the illusion that he has this power and there are just moments where it there is it's not quite slow motion but it's extended like the way uh when fisto gets one of the lightsabers away from grievous and it flips 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 through the air Mm-hmm. And then it just goes a little bit longer. So it gives a little bit more weight. And it's not just about the action of like, oh, Fisto's got two lightsabers now, um, which is cool. He does. But it is just like this is a meaningful moment in the fight. Um, and I also like that uh, gesture when Fisto manages to get behind him and just raise. I love it when they do the force push and still have lightsabers. And he just raises his fingers, but not his thumb. <laughs> does that quick uh, from the back force push. Yeah. So masterful. So masterful. So beautiful. Love it. Skills, skills, skills. Skills. So lots of great action moments. Uh, Let's move on to moments of comedy or whimsy or weirdness. Uh, What did you have here on your list of moments you enjoyed? There's some great, there's some great bits in this one. I, I, you, you mentioned it. You and I have been tracking, speaking of tracking, just the tale of the battle droids and uh, in a way that I've never really paid attention to. I knew it was there, but now I'm just, I love it every week. And, and I kind of miss it when it's not. And you and I had a couple of those episodes, right? Recently where it's like, Oh, the tale of the hapless dro- uh, battle droids is not there. So yeah, the sequence you mentioned, have you ever killed a Jedi? No, never me neither. Like <laughs> <laughs> just fun to me, just fun. And then that's followed by pretty brutal, slow droid death after it's sliced in two by Nadar and it's still walking <laughs> and then it slides off. doesn't know it's dead. Oh, it's kind of brutal. <laughs> yeah, it, that for me goes, I wrote that one down too because it's yeah. it is a strangely effective droid comedy, B1 battle droid comedy. And uh, this episode has a lot of scares, but it has a little bit of droid comedy between that and EV4AD. But I just really like the Hey, you know what? Uh, let's take a step back and look what our whole purpose is. We're we're supposed to be f- fighting Jedi, right? Not just clones, but also Jedi. Like, have you ever succeeded? No, no. It's so awful. It's funny and it's awful. Oh no, no sir, no sir. Yeah. So what else you got? Uh, I like. <laughs> I've never wanted to root for Newt Gunray. But the chair reveal where they spin him around and Newt's got the just the cheesy over the top glee that he's not there. That he's just like he really thinks he got one over on him, you know, and he and he and he technically did, but just I love it. He's just like, <laughs> I'm not there. It's just it's so you just want to punch him, and I just loved it. Yeah, there's something about uh, I think the, I'm not criticizing it. The voice work is great for Newt Gunray, but there's this extra kind of comic glee, and there's there's like those tones <laughs> that I said last week remind me of Triumph the Insult Comic Dog. <laughs> he says, "I welcome you to your doom," and it's like it's I love it. I really love it. Uh, yeah, I like a couple of the lines. Count Dooku, you have a talent for unexpected appearances. And Dooku, man, we always talk about sassy Dooku in his exquisite pajamas. But when he's just like, at the end, like, good job, Grievous. Well, one got away. So there is room for improvement. I just want to <laughs> jerk. 
Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but he, but Dooku passes the old, the old test. That's nice. Uh, any, any other moments of comedy or whimsy for you? Overall, I do kind of like EVA4D. It's so weird that in this, we keep using and hearing the term gothic horror and the Lair Grievous. That so we have literally a you know a, a, a droid modeled after uh, the fabulous Paul Lynn, uh, just this this staple of a comedy era of <laughs> another time, and and. Just it it's, it works. It works. It just he's just you know. I wish he wouldn't have submitted to the changes. It's just it's it really worked for me, and I enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, you know. And in the past, I got to say, in the past, maybe when I would watch this series as it aired, I'd be like, ah, you know, yeah, some of it I don't I don't like some of the voice choices or some of it's silly, and I, and that's gone for me now. Yeah, that's it. I, I like all the the horror and the action and the high stakes. I don't need the wacky droid, but yeah, but the wacky droid is good and has some, I think, some good laugh lines. It was so funny. I looked up after the fact that uh, the goal was to sound like Paul Lind, who I, Paul Lind mm-hmm. is great. But I was like, I'm trying to remember when John Mulaney got popular because this droid sounds like John Mulaney to me. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of a comedy line that you can drive from Paul yeah. Lind to John Mulaney and EV4AD yeah. <laughs> yeah. in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So for me, I, I, you know, he had a couple of funny lines, but I really liked there. There may be some discomfort immediately followed by the horrific screams of pulling that damaged oh, mask right. off. Uh, yeah. And Grievous had some good comedy moments. I love it when a Dooku lays out the trap that, hey, you failed and I'm going to make you pay for it. I'm going to make you sh- uh, prove that you're still up to this. And it'd be great if he just turned off the hologram. But we see his scary metal fingers go to the keys and it looks like he control alt deletes the hologram yeah. <laughs> to turn it off and then says, oops. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it cracked me up. It, it was just like, it's one of the great things about Grievous. He always talks really loud and really big. And then the hacking cough and to have that really big oops was really funny to me. <laughs> uh, the other Grievous moment I liked, it was when he uh, had the line, uh, in the meantime, please experience all my home has to offer. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Um, and then this was this was more whimsy than comedy, and and I think was like this little bit of maybe humanity for Grievous. Uh, when Grievous first gets home and he doesn't know the Jedi are waiting, he walks in and calls for Gore. You know, and I hadn't seen the episode in a long time. I didn't remember that Gore was a big monster. I was like, is that the name of a droid? Does he have a butler? But in retrospect, there's a vibe there to me, and it might just be me. Hey, he's like he's calling for a pet, like Gore, Gore, you around, and it's really sad. Well, when he sees Gore dead, I mean, it's a Malakili Rancor monster moment for sure. Absolutely, Gore, Gore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it makes me a little sad, but still a, a, a way to humanize Grievous uh, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on then to uh, different canon connections or other Star Wars lore. How did this episode, any little moments, uh, not big thematic things, but little moments or storytelling connect to the larger story for you? A, a littler moment uh, was uh, Nadar's training and kind of up, up top, the uh, addressing that it was rushed. Kit Fitzsam, sorry, wasn't there to kind of see it through. And just one of the, it's another one of those, you know, casualties of this war for the Jedi and, and a lot of, uh, uh, Jedi having to maybe rush through the ranks a bit and, and, and that has some lingering effects and, and, and you can see it here. Yeah, no, that, that was one I wrote down as well. I really love that, uh, Fisto doesn't just say, sorry, I missed your trials, but 
uh, that specifically he missed them because of the war. So, you know, mm-hmm. I said all those uh, great things about Kit Fisto, and I mean them. Kit Fisto is, in this episode, not falling prey to some of the traps of the Clone Wars. He is staying the Jedi that he wants to be, but he's still compromised by the environment he's in, and we learn that right away when he's so happy to see uh, his former Padawan, and he didn't really, he didn't really get to complete his training because of the war, and that sets that whole episode up to say, "Hey, if the war hadn't happened and Fisto had really been there with Nadar, would this have turned out differently for Nadar?" Yeah. yeah. Uh, in, any other uh, connections to larger Star Wars storytelling? There, there is. It's more, uh, it's on screen, but but off screen too. And this is one that uh, it was in doing a little research for the episode was there. So this is, this is an episode that has a lot about Grievous's backstory. And I'm always been a little obs- low key obsessed with that. And, and in the past, like an early episode of spotlight star Wars named Grievous is perhaps one of my most disappointing star Wars characters, meaning not, not they love the way he looks. The, the hacking cough back in 05, maybe wasn't my favorite, but actually kind of, it was, it was charming even then for me. Uh, but that I was, I just was mesmerized about hearing some of his story and, and, and we'll occasionally just stumble onto Kalish warrior pictures and be like, that's what he looked. Wow. And I, I would always forget like, Oh, that's right. That we see his statue of himself and he's kind of paying homage to his bat. Um, there's two kind of different versions, uh, legends, EU versus Canon, so to speak of, of one is more, uh, Grievous was, you know, they, they, there was a plan around him. They crashed his ship on purpose and then offered to rebuild him. This is like Dooku and, and the team. And then a little bit more of just, you, you hear him mention and you mentioned in this episode of just like, no, I chose these changes and these we improvements. Yeah. Improvements. Yeah. And, and there is, I don't, I don't want to read it. Is, there's a, on Wikipedia, there's a long, long quote from Dave Filoni. And I don't know from what year, it is, but he talks about just like it does, how you interpret the story depends largely on what backstory you like. If you believe Grievous was shot down in a shuttle by Dooku and put back together, I think that story is there. It's just that Grievous has invented this new story of choosing his alterations. If you don't believe in that version, you know, uh, perhaps a new revelation that Grievous was a warrior whose lust for power made him choose to be altered suits you better. And, and he goes on to talk about it. And he, and he also, so Dave says, this is, you know, again, maybe back in the day, much effort goes into trying to word things or shoot things uh, that the existing EU can remain, if only at times from a certain point of view. And there's always that debate. I'm not a huge EU Legends guy, but 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 I've always loved some of the Grievous stuff. And so for me to see it kind of at play, and like, yeah, we can have fun with this. And you know, Ahsoka saying in, in, in the Clone Wars, you know, there's truth to every legend. And, and it is, uh, I, I don't, I just something about I, I like, and uh, you can still get more out of Grievous's backstory if you want, and, and you want to put it there. Yeah, oh, that's all great stuff. I'm really glad you shared that Filoni quote. I wonder if that was during the run of the Clone Wars. Uh, I'll do a I'll do a link check while uh, <laughs> while, while you're chatting here because a uh, good good question here. Yeah, yeah, because it's interesting if he was saying that back then uh, that he was sort of uh, predicting the kinds of conversations that we would have in the future as uh, legends and official current canon divided. Yeah, I, I'm with you with all the Grievous stuff. I think that was kind of the connection to larger storytelling that most spoke to me. Those Kalish statues are so damn cool. Uh, just the artwork design of them, that they are both kind of gothic horror, but you remind you of uh, statues of lots of different Earth cultures that are celebrating a warrior. Mm-hmm. I love that that big first one has got that big sword and it's holding a severed head. Like, there's yes. no question that the culture that made this 
uh, absolutely took pride in being a warrior of like, good on you. You cut somebody else's head off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that just tells you so much about Grievous, regardless of the exact uh, uh, canon of how he came to be um, more machine than Kalish. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did you find yeah. a... Oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I don't mean to sound distracted. I, I'm I'm listening because I I love that statue. <laughs> I, I love what I love what you're saying. It means I also kind of want one. <laughs> um, this is so. This was an old force uh, the force.net interview with Filoni and Gilroy. I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep it up after we're done recording. I'm gonna read. There's a ton of stuff. It's old because they're asking Dave and Henry. Uh, how how are you? Do you have a plan for Ahsoka not being in uh, Revenge of the Fifth? <laughs> and uh, will we see Mandalorians in the Clone Wars? So it, it's back back in the day. So definitely back in the day. But that that's really cool. Also to just hear, um, it was Zahn who in the last couple of years said at a convention, I'm like I look at everything is it's a it's a legend, and you can choose you know which storytelling, which history was written that you believe in. That's such a open-minded and mythic and and uh, cool way to look at the diverging canon it's really cool to hear cool and not surprising to hear Filoni talking that way uh before the legends uh, was officially made legends so i think that's really cool um and i would really really love to hear uh, you know we, we've got the this wonderful world where we have legends eu stuff and then we can have new canon stuff i would love some new canon stories about uh grievous that dive into him a little bit more um okay. Because I think that was my other big thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of uh, connections to other Star Wars storytelling is the other thing that I'm getting out of this rewatch is just seeing how much the beats connect to one another uh, when we're really paying attention. And Grievous has failed a lot. We're not that far into season one. (laughs) And Grievous has already failed and run away in the soulless one multiple times, right? Um, uh, He's lost a big battle to Anakin. Uh, He almost had all of that great insider information from R2, but he lost that. Uh, He lost the malevolence, which was this huge, incredibly expensive secret weapon. He screwed up a lot, and Dooku keeps saying in those episodes, like, well, we'll deal with this. So it was so great to get to this episode and go, oh, yeah, they totally followed through. He dealt with that. He had to prove himself, and uh, Darveb had to die. (laughs) <laughs> so that Grievous could continue being the uh, droid general. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's a, it's an interesting uh, way to um, reward on the job. Yeah. <laughs> on the job trainings and reward. Uh, was there anything in this episode that you disliked or questioned? I'm t- one of these days, we're going to get to an episode where I'm just going to be like, I love, here's a list of things I dislike. Nah, this episode... S- is great and and again this this is a, a change over time this is going back 10 years or so maybe watching this episode i'd be uh, held up on that you know david accord voice and uh, i'm someone who grew up watching paul lynn and a lot of old shows and everything so i wouldn't be like i'd just be like that that doesn't fit for me and there's some voice choices that don't fit for me to be sure but it's interesting i don't have the things that that were just maybe chapping my hide 10 years ago not not the case uh, and I think it's just because I'm so just engaged by the themes and just pulled in by the themes. So this episode, to me, I, I, I actually say this is this might be one of the more perfect Clone Wars episodes. Yeah, it, it's really good. It's really up there. Uh, I had two minor things. Uh, this isn't even really a, a, a dislike. It's just a thing I'm having fun tracking. Uh, the I have a bad feeling about this quoting. It. It's been in a lot of the episodes. It disappeared in the previous episode, and it was back with a uh, Nadar. 
making a pretty accurate observation that, yes, you should have a bad feeling about (laughs) being trapped in this uh, gothic horror castle of a monster. Good job having a bad feeling, Nadar. And I I think that that is one of the things early on in the Clone Wars of that that decision of like, that's the tradition for movies. Are we going to stick with it for every arc, every episode? And how long they struggle with that is is really fascinating to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, The only other thing, this is a question and it's a fun one. Uh, When Nadar Veb died, it happens so fast. I literally had to rewind and pause to verify that Grievous pulled a blaster. Because there's a quick shot, you see him reaching behind his back, and then you can you hear the blaster shot, so you can figure it's a blaster. But it's a very fast shot where you actually see the blaster in his hand, and it took me literal work to verify it because I was like, I need to verify that Grievous doesn't have some sort of you know crotch blaster that he activated. <laughs> I need to see that blaster so I know the other option is not true. Love it. <laughs> so that was a question in terms of I literally did need to to rewind. Uh, so I questioned something and I got my answer in a freeze frame and anything. Uh, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to touch on in this episode? Oh, there's I, uh, one thing. I uh, it's one of the little moments I like that when they walk in and, and and you mentioned you mentioned some of the stuff, but it's just like all of the the many parts of Grievous the replacement parts hanging there, and to know that's really just what he is. His he's so given up himself. He has a little bit of his organs, his eyes, his face, or his soul, or whatever you will say is there. Uh, his heart just, sack. Heart sack. He's just replaceable parts. He's nothing, you know. He, he's he's that's that's all he is to those above him, and how he can't see that, and he sees these as, you know, alterations that have, uh, you know, secured his position in power, and that just to see him all hanging there, and that's just for him, you know. It just you're just replaceable parts, man. You lose something, you'll get it back. Yeah, and I think that's why maybe uh, good old Paul Lindroid works because what that droid delivers is that that element of humanity being being comedy com, kind of comic and having that perspective humanizes the droid and the fact that y- you could just see all that armor it's super scary and you could think oh wow click on parts right you know maybe he's even like iron man in the mcu where he can you know call from and his new leg will come flying and like it's not that it's not click on mm-hmm. the the way ev4 ad is like this is I gotta repair you again. This is sad what you're doing to yourself because it's not easy. It's surgery to remake you every time. This just yeah. gives it some oomph. Mm-hmm. It's it's and and, and horror like that shot too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for myself, I just wanted to uh, call out that uh, Philomar stars as Kit Fisto. Uh, Philomar does a lot of great work uh, in so many movies, uh, so many animated shows. Uh, love him in his performance as Green Lantern in uh, Justice League uh, animated series. Um, I could go on and on listing things uh, that Philomar is great in, uh, including the Clone Wars, lots of different roles. But I think he really, uh, Kit Fisto, uh, I'm sure there are a ton of people who are like, yeah, he's funny, he's cool, but like, you could be like, oh, he's the guy who smiled and then he gets taken down by Sidious real quick. He looks cool, but what's the deal? And this is, you know, the episode of the Clone Wars where he's more than a cool action figure. He's more than a funny meme about smiling. He's a real character, and the writing does that. But damn, Phil Lamar brings it home with that performance. Absolutely. Well said. He, 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 great talent. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm, I'm lucky to know Phil a little bit and have done some stuff with him at uh, conventions, shows, and panels. And he is a great guy, and it's always uh, it's always really nice when you 
see somebody or hear somebody give a great performance and know that they're also just a really cool person. So I want to be sure to highlight that. Uh, last thing for me that I wanted to touch on is just watching the whole overall style of Star Wars. Uh, I think maybe the reason that I love an episode like Layer of Grievous is it has that absolute depth of theme and philosophy, but it also just has that absolute love of adventure, serial, B-movie, uh, you know, mm-hmm. just that aesthetic of not only is it this uh, spooky gothic castle, it's called Lair of Grievous. And then we have lines like Newt Gunray saying, I welcome you to your doom. And Kit Fisto going, Ooh, look, look at this shrine to that strange warrior. You know, and it ends with a big sword fight in a high misty place. It's just so like we love all this stuff, we love adventure serial, we love B-movie, we love pulp, all of it, and we're not apologizing for it. It is absolutely an essential part of what this is. I Absolutely. Yeah, I salute that. Yeah. Thanks for the solution. Salutation. <laughs> the solution. <laughs> the salutation. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, Ken. Oh, you anyway, yeah. any, uh, any last thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, no, no, no. Let's do it. Let's take it home. All right. Well, why don't you go ahead and take us home? Why don't you let people know where they can find us? Uh, yeah. Oh, wait. We didn't. We don't. We haven't oh, done no. figure. Oh no. You're right. You're right. Yeah. My my lack of sleep almost robbed us of action figure choices. We do this every episode. Oh, we pick an action figure that we would like from this episode. So, who do you want, Ken? Uh, we're going direct. We're going EV A4D Repair Grievous Action Two Pack. Uh, it, it's a, it comes with a bed. You lay uh, a broken Grievous on. And then you get to repair them. You get to clip uh, the, the the legs back on the head and everything. And it's just a, it's a real fun. Uh, it's like the game operation, but with the uh, action figures. That is so great. I find that so inspiring. I was going to say something just simple like Kit Fisto with winking action, where you squeeze his legs and he winks. I like that. But now that. now that you went big, I got I got to go big too. I think what I want is a massive diorama of the outside of the layer of Grievous in a little Nadarveb action figure and uh, you squeeze his legs and he clears the fog inside your diorama. I love it. <laughs> you know, quick, uh, quick, uh, just donation to HasLab. That'll make, make yeah. that happen. Right. Absolutely. All right. Uh, next up is a two parter Dooku captured season one, episode 11, and then the Gungan general season one, episode 12. Can't wait to dive into those. Uh, we also have a moral Ken, what should the moral of this episode of our podcast be? The moral is just because you have the power to record six hours of Star Wars podcast in one day does not mean you always should. <laughs> that is exactly correct. When you record more hours of podcast than you got of sleep, you are perhaps not <laughs> using your power wisely. So once we wrap up, I'm going to take a nap. Now, Ken, uh, would you uh, tell people where they could find us? Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center. You can go to Facebook, like us there, Facebook uh, at, for, at Force Center Podcast, not Facebook Podcast. It's a different show. Uh, like us <laughs> on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube. You can support us at patreon.com slash Force Center. Get some merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. Podcast available in a lot of different spots. If you search and we're not there, just let us know. We'll try to get there. Uh, as always, I always say that one of the best ways to uh, support, just listen and tell a friend about Force Center. We really appreciate that. We're gearing up for a good fall with Mandalorian. Season two coming back. We'll be diving into that. Our Clone Wars rewatch goes on. So we love having new people join our little caravan 
of Star Wars conversations here. So uh, that is it uh, for the show. For us, you can follow me at Cadnapsock or go to Cadnapsock.com. I am part of the uh, live Riley's Cantina show on October 10th, 7 p.m. We'll be live in El Cid at Sunset Strip. Some special guests coming in with video bits, some on stage, but you can watch from the safety of your home. Just go to Cadnapsock.com, the events tab, to buy tickets and we can't announce Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa will be appearing on the show. So uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, very, very excited. Thank you and Mark Riley for asking me to be involved. Very happy uh, to be a part of the big show. And if you want to find out about my other comedy adventures, you can go to Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Joseph Scrimshaw, both those places. And you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com for all sorts of other adventures, comedy albums, podcasts, uh, links to the Adult Swim comedy show that I write for, Tigtone, all that stuff. So for myself, for Ken, for Kit Fisto's Smile, This has been the Clone Wars Report. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.